You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And I, you know, I've often said that my favorite types of episodes are when, when a man joins me and shares his personal story and how he's serving others. And that is definitely what we have in store for you today. Um, uh, my guest today is coach, mentor, speaker, and U.S. Marine veteran, Buddy Carcady. So welcome to the show, Buddy. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And uh, you were on the show once before. It was when we did a special around the election of, of having, having uh, Trump guys who are Trump fans come on and, and speak, speak about that because um, I didn't realize it, but they, they were, guys were saying that it was hard to, to publicly support Trump without like, taking a lot of grief. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and is it still that way? Um, I think so, yeah, yeah, for the most part. All right, so we're, we're not talking politics tonight, or I don't, I don't think so. Maybe we will. <laughs> but um, th that's when I first met Buddy and following him uh, on social media, and I've been really impressed. For, for once again, he's, he's not the person I assumed because he was a Trump fan. And I see him with lots of motivational and encouragement and sharing of himself and being authentic and vulnerable. So that's really why I wanted to have you come back and, and talk about that and share what you're up to. So you know, the, your, your website's called Buddy Your Buddy, and that's kind of your, your movement as well. Yes. So, yep. so, so could you t what, what exactly does that mean to you? Um, well, I, it's just a play on my name. Obviously, my, my God-given name, if you will, is Buddy. So, and everybody calls me Buddy, whether they realize it's my name or not. And the ironic thing is, you know, people use that term with other men all the time. Hey, thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks, bud. You know, and so I just played it off as buddy or buddy. We are all one people. So we're all buddies in this world, if you will. So just, just a catch. Cool. And have you always been everybody's buddy or is this, you know, changes through your life that have been like the, brought that out or what? No, um, I, like any other young man, you know, I felt like I had something to prove. So I wasn't always the the nicest or, or kindest from what I remember or, or what I, what I hear, um, you know, of stories when I ask other people, cause I do have some um, memory block and stuff like that. So when I ask people, some people, Oh, you were a nice guy. And then other people was like, Oh, well, you weren't such a nice guy. So I assume it's just through evolution that I'm where I'm at now. <laughs> so. And, and was there one specific life event that, that got you to kind of focus on, on buddying up and, and being kind to people? Actually, it was. It was actually the Marine Corps. Um, when I served overseas, I saw how the other half of the world lived. And it was quite saddening to me um, to know that people didn't have the luxuries that we have. Um, you know, buildings riddled with bullet holes, um, people starving, people with no fresh water, people who couldn't help themselves nevertheless help anybody else. And I think that was really the turning point for me when I, when I got home in, in 2001. So... So is that something that really gave you a new level of appreciation and gratitude for, for everything that we all have here in the United States? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, seeing is believing, as they say. Um, so when you see firsthand how, the other, how other parts of the world live, you, you tend to be 
grateful that you're born in a country where you do have opportunity and you know there are people out there protecting and serving and making sure you have those opportunities so and while you were serving was it was it okay encouraged or or frowned upon if if you showed compassion or concern about any of the people that you were you were meeting while you were serving um, well, I was specifically overseas for peacekeeping, so it was really all about compassion and understanding. And um, so, for a Marine, you know, that's that's important, you know, because we can't always be that rough and tumble warrior killer type person. So, when you go to a place like Kosovo or whatever, um, which is where I served, um, you know, we had an opportunity to be kind and to be generous. So, cool. And was that well received by by the the locals? Absolutely, they um, they they really they they really appreciated us not only being there, but you know, um, if we had food, we had candy. You know, we knew, the whole um, unit knew they were going over there, so we brought tons of stuff. So there was always something to hand out, whether it was something from our own person or you know sometimes we got bags of candy and all kinds of you know mail that we would share our we call it pogi bay in the marine corps we'd share all of our candy and our gum and everything else with with them and stuff it was pretty fun cool cool and it's nice to hear that there 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 is that element of, of fun and connection um in with being you know placed and serving some in in some far off land That's yeah cool. And, uh, you know, one thing, I think I read this on your website. It's one way that you describe yourself is, is that you're a simple guy fighting the good fight and enjoying the grind of everyday life, helping people through affirmation, enthusiasm, motivation, and support. And I, I love that you do that, but I want to point out, like, that, that's more than a simple guy. Right? Because, <laughs> right? yeah, the, the, the average person necessarily doesn't go out of the way to do that. So... I, I just wanted to, to call that out and commend you and um, thank you and that yeah you're 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 not the average guy you're not the simple guy um, and yeah I, I just wanted to take the chance to really call that out and let you know that that's appreciate that. my direction. cool so as you are are sharing things on Instagram and doing YouTube videos is there kind of is there any one overwhelming message that kind of links everything you're up to and trying to spread out to the world? Um, yeah, I just, I'm just trying to enlighten people, empower people, and then encourage people. Um, I want to be your biggest cheerleader so that you can turn around and do the same for somebody else. Um, it's very hard to, to give something that you've never received. So if you've never had someone open a door for you, you would never know to open a door for somebody else. And it can be very simple as buddying up as just opening a door and holding a door for somebody. Um, we're all in a rush, but to wait five seconds for somebody to, who's walking behind you, um, I don't think it's a lot to ask of people, you know? And, and I just try to show that through, through everything that I do. I fail sometimes, obviously, but I try to do my best to be the, the best version of, of me that I can be. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's all anyone can ask of themselves or anyone else. Just do your best. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and our best is going to vary moment to moment, day to day. Absolutely. Right? Based on how, how good we're feeling. You know, have we had enough sleep? Have we exercised? Are we feeling you know, good physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? Um, so we all need to give ourselves a little bit of slack that, you know, your my best today didn't match my best last week and, and things like that. Absolutely, yes. Cool. So, are are most of the things you share kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like a random act of kindness to to encourage other people? Is is that the the sense of buddying up with people? Absolutely. Um, I replaced um, paying it forward with buddying up because a lot of people get in this notion that paying it forward means you get to receive something in return at a later date. Um, and we shouldn't think that way. We should just think from the kindness of our heart. So I say buddying up um, because there is no expectation that down the road you're going to get something from that person or somebody else. Mm. We let karma handle that. I call that the boomerang theory. When you throw something out, it's expected to come back. You know, so when you put the word love on a boomerang and you throw it out, it comes back to you. Unfortunately, if you put negative words like hate 
or or whatever oh and it comes back to you as well so um i don't look i don't look at anything as paying it forward just just buddying up and everything else takes care of itself when, when you show kindness and gratitude so cool so so when did you start sharing this message with the world um well i started I've always introduced it into all of my coaching, whether it was coaching sports or I used to do a lot with the Boys and Girls Club here in my town. Um, so I've always worked with families and, and the youth, um, helping mentor and, and guide risk, you know, risky behavior kids and, and their families and stuff. So I've always introduced this, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that my best friend said, you need to be sharing your, your stories with the world. Um, and, I, and at first I, I took it as a joke, like, oh, here we go, you know, um, and then I sat down one night and I was talking to a good friend of mine and he said, yeah, you, you need to do something with this. People need to hear your message. Mm. And the more I talk now, the more comfortable I get with it, but the more it's actually received as kindness and not the, the, the thing that I, I don't like, the look at me's, the ego part of it. So, so it's been about a couple of years now that I've been really pushing this and talking and cool. Yeah. You had meant, you had mentioned that earlier when, when we spoke uh, about doing the show that, that you, you don't kind of share everything that you do because you didn't want it to be about you. Right. Right. Like it, yeah. Um, like even my, the main page of my website, there's no pictures of me because I don't think, I don't think it should be about me. I think it should be about um, we, the, you know, society, humanity, human beings um so i tried to i tried to not put myself out there as much as i can i have to when i'm speaking in a video or if i'm speaking or presenting you know for for any of the organizations that i speak for or or companies or whatever but um for the most part i try to keep myself out of the spotlight i have a ton of stuff i would love to do i just don't want to be the 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 center or focal point of it i, I want to present the message without presenting me for you know the pat on the backs kind of person i don't receive that kind of stuff very well for some reason but hmm. so yeah i try to keep me out of it <laughs> all right so so what sort of feedback have you received or, or what different experiences in your life have, have boomeranged back to you um well i actually i speak and i present for nami which is the national alliance on mental illness um so i've had a great opportunity with them i've got to speak at plymouth state unh the suicide prevention conference um so i've gotten to do a lot of great things with them and that has led to other great things um so it, it's just it's just been a, a a crazy journey it's opened up a lot of different things and obviously i get to be here with Andy Grant tonight. So, cool. So, w when you're speaking with with Nami, are are you speaking about uh, your own personal history with with mental health, or? Yes, exactly. Um, and that's really what I what started this mission was me sharing my story, hoping that it would resonate with somebody, whether they're affected or they're caring for someone who's been affected by a mental health condition. So, that's pretty much how all of this actually started. Uh. So, 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 so give us a little, a bit of that backstory. At what age were you, were you, was this pre-service or as an adult or? Um, no, this was, this was post-service. This was, um, I got home in 2001 and um, I actually started seeing symptoms around 2002 and I kind of hid from it all. Actually, I, um, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I, um, I didn't share my experiences. I just kind of, I'm a Marine. I'm a tough guy. You know, uh, you know, everything I've ever done was, was hard. I, like I played football. I played college football. I was a fourth degree black belt in martial arts. I competed all over the place. Like everything about me was discipline. And I didn't, I didn't want to, um, feel beat down or whatever, you know, and I was, how do I say this? Re not respected, but I was looked up to by my family and my friends being a Marine. Um, you know, in having a very good career. And so I went from literally being felt like I was like a superhero to a super zero. Mm. And I, you know, I had a very good career. I worked for the, my state health and human services where I got to help people, lots and lots of people. And I ended up having a couple of breakdowns and I was hospitalized and um, suicidal ideation as well as attempts. 
uh, I went through the whole rigmarole, if you will. And, um, and finally, you know, it came down to getting treatment and the treatment literally saved my life. Um, I was, I'm lucky enough to be a veteran. So, you know, I go to the, to the VA here in my state and, um, I get to utilize every, every resource that, that they have out there. So, and from there, I just started sharing my story and saying, it's okay to not be okay. We, you know, you can have bad days and, and you're going to get through them and, you know, I'll put my pom-poms on for you and, and, and we'll start to cheer and get you going. So, so you, you said that you, you hid your symptoms and can you specify your symptoms of, of what, what, what was um, going on? Well, first it started off with like vertigo and then um, I started to get severe ringing in my ears and then I got afraid of public places. Uh, and mind you, at the time I was married, I have three children. Um, so not being around them was kind of like not an option, you know, uh, whether it was fireworks or it was the mall or a family get together, I started getting panicky, if you will. Um, and I would literally walk or sneak around and, um, I vomited a couple of times. Like it just, it got to a point where I started to get depressed from it all. So I spent a lot of time on the couch in of of course, my family didn't really know what was going on because I didn't share any of this. I was, I'm a Marine. I don't ask for help. I, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome, you know, big tough guys aren't, aren't supposed to have these kinds of issues, you know? Um, and then it just turned into uh, counting and cleaning and washing hands and it just escalated from there. So I was eventually, I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, PTSD, and obsessive compulsive disorder. So, and then of course, from that became insomnia and sleeping disorders and all kinds of stuff. So all, all the fun things. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so prior to coming home in 2001, you had, you had not had any experiences with depression or anxiety? No, no. I, um, actually I was a pretty happy guy. And even through those symptoms, I was a pretty happy guy like to clown around and goof around and crack jokes and have fun. And, you know, I was pretty outgoing. Um, didn't really like missing any events. I just, I wanted to be around my family and my friends. And that was what kept me together, if you will. Um, so, but something clicked somewhere and I'm not sure why, but um, now I'm on the up and up and now I'm able to, to cope. And I have a big toolbox just full of, full of tools that I can use to get through my day now. So <laughs> cool. Cool. And oh, I just totally lost my question. Fun. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I do it all the time. I, <laughs> the memory thing for me is is gone. So <laughs> so oh my lord. So we're talking about family. We're talking about my toolbox. Oh, right. So was there a specific incident or experience you had that, that finally made you reach out for help? Um, yeah, I had attempted my life. I, um, I, went I went eight days without sleeping. And if you do the research on that, I'm not even going to explain to you what goes on. But um, I went eight days, eight full days without um, zero sleep. And I, I was... I was at wit's end, basically. I, um, I didn't actually want to die. I, I just wanted the pain to stop. I just, hmm. I just wanted to get over all of this. So um, luckily, I made it through that, and I, um, I was hospitalized, and um, everything worked out for the best. <laughs> so Cool. So, so when kind of – when you gave up the act that everything was fine and found yourself surrounded by help, then you could accept it? Um, yes, actually, um, because – I was placed in a hospital where there were actually other veterans and there were, you know, other people who were literally in the same boat as me. I realized I wasn't alone. Like this, this is a real thing. I'm, I'm not weak. I'm not a wimp. I'm, you know, I'm just going through a, some type of a struggle and, you know, talking to people who were in group sessions with me and stuff and realizing like they're coming out of this, like they're, they're coping now they're getting through life and they're, they're back to enjoying, you know, life much better i i realized like okay I, I can do this i i have the strength i have the discipline to do this so yeah, yeah. so again here's some more evidence that you're you're not a simple guy you're not <laughs> the average guy right um, right because willing to ask for help and and i've had the honor of speaking to military audiences a few times and and i have never served 
Um, and these guys would tell me how brave and courageous I was because I could be on stage and if tears are going down my face, like I'm still talking, I'm not running away from that. Absolutely. And, and they would say that terrified them more than, you know, being in combat. Right. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And I just, I found that horrifying <laughs> that, that that's, that's what we expect of men these days. Yes, exactly. Or, yep. Or maybe it's better. Maybe we can expect more these days, but in the past, as you said, well, I'm a tough guy. I'm a Marine. I, I, don't, I don't have feelings. I, I don't have time for the, what's the line from Predator? Ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but if we don't have time to share our feelings, to, to tell someone when, when we can't keep up the act, right. then you know, we, and we end up with suicidal ideation and attempts. And some of those attempts are going to uh, be completed. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, it's not worth that. And, you know, what, whatever you, this is something that someone told me years ago. And when, when I was really depressed, like I just, it, you, I get told lots of things when I was depressed and suicidal and I just ignored them, but I kind of remember them later when I'm feeling better and, and can right. receive it. Absolutely. But, but someone told me that, you know, if you really think that, people are going to judge you and, and think you're weak and all these sort of things. Well, just imagine what they'll think if you, if you did kill yourself, you know, that people point. are be furious and upset and mad, you know, that's, it's giving up is easier than, than pushing through and pushing through doesn't mean lying about how you feel. Pushing through means I'm going to get through this and I need to buddy up with someone so that I can get through this. Absolutely. Exactly. Because, like, you know, it takes a village, as they say, you know. It, 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 and even though we're in a society now where it's more about the me and the what I have and the look at me and the I have to keep everything I own kind of thing, um, we, we still need each other. We're all, we're all in this together. Um, nobody can do it alone. And even if, even if you say you can, in the end, you're lying. You need somebody. Yeah. And, and even if you're like, yeah, we're, we're social creatures. If, so even if there's something that you could do alone, like I find it's, it's more fun and enjoyable to do something with other people, be, be it a, be if, if it's a good activity or if it's some horrible activity. But yeah, I, like I have always found over and over in my life when I'm willing to share um, something that, that's bringing me pain, something I'm struggling with, it, it like gives permission to others to say, oh, I, I feel that too, or I've gotten through that. But when I balled it up and just denied it, none of these people also shared that they had gotten through it as well. So we're, we're, we're denying help for ourselves and we're denying others the ability to share their experiences too. So it, Exactly, yeah. And nine out of 10, you're not the only one going through it at that moment. Oh, yeah. You probably know someone who's going through that exact same thing, whether it be a symptom or whatever, with you, uh, but of course we don't talk about this stuff. And there's the stigma, and that's what that's what I'm trying to get rid of. Is you know, it's it's okay to talk about this stuff. It doesn't mean anything, but you're going through a through an issue. You know, you're, you're having to deal with something that someone else may not have to. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I I I don't know. I'm not sure how we would get there, but I'd love to see a society, a world where there's more the stigma about pretending that you're fine. Right. And, yeah. And way, right. And, and that's yeah, really why. Yeah. Th th that's part of the reasoning behind this show being called Real Men Feel. Right. Like, like what if what if Marines and tough guys meant, oh, wow, he's willing to cry. He's willing to tell me that he's having a shitty freaking day. Like, right. what if that was seen as being tough? Because, you know, as, as we talked about, it can sometimes the bravest thing you can do is ask for help. Absolutely. So I, I'd Absolutely. love that to be seen as that's what makes you tough. Your willingness to, to, to share, to be authentic, to, to ask for help. And I think that asking for help empowers other people to ask for help because when they see the people to the left and the right saying, Hey, I need help. Then they're more apt to step up and say, yeah, I'm with them. I kind of, I need help too. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's the, you know, the old cliche, you know, misery loves company. Yes. Um, but, but so does happiness. If you're the, if you can be the first one to say, you know, I'm sick of misery, I'm going to try something else. You'll, you'll find others are glad to join you there. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. And you are who you hang around with. And if you're not, then you do become them. So that's yeah. the sad part. So 
it's okay to say I'm not okay. So yeah. Yeah. And sometimes again, to, to improve yourself, if, if you've hit the point where you want a better feeling life experience and you know that you're worthy of it, sometimes you got to take the hard look around and say, well, you know, I'm, I've surrounded myself with people that are content to stay here and I need to put myself in another environment to, to get myself to, to rise up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes we get complacent, we get stuck because the fear of the unknown of anything different as Americans, you know, we think that change is bad and we've, you know, we get comfortable. Um, and even if it's a bad situation, we get comfortable in that situation instead of saying, Hey, I need to change something. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely found over and over in, in my own life of, um, like when, when the going got tough for me, I would default to depressive thoughts and, and actions and suicidal ideation. And even when I knew that's not what I wanted to do, it, it's what I was used to. So like I said, that my comfort zone wasn't comforting, but because it's what I was used to, I could fall back into it really easy. Very easy. Yes. That's why you need tools in the toolbox. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what are some of your favorite tools? What, what, what helps you the most or what, what can you share with people that can help them? Um, the one thing that I, that I, I do the most is mindfulness um, because um, one thing that's hard to do when you're in a stressful situation, whether it's an anxiety or an obsession or, or whatever, um, is, is to allow yourself to go through it. However, to really focus on something other than that. So it's kind of like redirecting your mind. Um, so I practice mindfulness and I do that now. I'm actually at a point where I can do it even when I'm walking, which I'm very, I'm very excited about because it's taken me probably three years to get here, but I can actually do it now where I'm walking. So I can, I can focus on whether it's um, the clothes, how they brush across my body when I breathe to the different temperatures, like hitting my face versus the back of my neck when you're walking in the wind to um, how one hand feels closed and the other is open so um, mindfulness is probably my favorite thing to, to talk about with everybody. Um, and I, I help a lot of people get through the mindfulness um, practices who are beginning. Um, it, that's the easier part to talk about. Mm. The second thing I like to do is um, I really, I count everything, especially like corners. And for the longest time, it used to bother me. Um, but then going through therapy and everything else, it's, I've learned that it's actually comforting. It actually allows me to focus on something other than the the fear or the the, the worry or whatever. So I actually started. I actually now embrace counting as like uh, one of my um, avoidance healing kind of mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, and then the other thing I do is is I make sure that I take plenty of time for me, quiet time. I I shut everything off. I just sit in silence and I just kind of like go through my thoughts as to what is real, what is not real. Um, we talk about fear and, you know, anxiety is like the fear of what's going to happen. Depression is, is, the, um, is, you know, worrying about the past. So I try to focus on what is the now when I sit in silence. It's kind of like a mindfulness, kind of like a meditation, mm. uh, but it really helps me to um, center myself on, on what is real, what I'm really worrying about, or if it's even worth thinking about. So, cool. That's really interesting. Um, especially that the counting, because I think you had mentioned uh, being obsessive compulsive was yes. a diagnosis that was made at one point. So, I would imagine that counting things, you, you share that to one person, they go, "Oh, that's a symptom." You share it to someone else, and like, "Oh, no, that's a ritual that helps you." Right, and that that was the thing is everybody told me like, "Oh, that's a bad thing," you know, and then. Um, then after talking about it with my therapist and everything else, um, why change? He said, just why change it? Just embrace it. Use it as a tool to help you get through. Um, like I have a lot of trouble walking through like crowded stores, uh, like, you know, targets and Walmarts and, you know, Shaw's and market basket or whatever. Um, but I count, I'll count the squares and I'll count the corners of the squares and, you know, it gives me something to think about and focus on other than looking up and seeing too many people in, in a rush and noises and, you know, people smashing carts and whatever happens in the store, you know, so it allows me to focus on something other than the, 
the chaos that goes on in my head because then I obsess about other things. So, <laughs> so it sounds like it's, it's all about recognizing which thoughts serve you and which thoughts don't. Absolutely. And then and doing something you, about then, it. Yeah, yeah. If those thoughts don't serve you, then they don't need to be there. Mm. So you find something that, that does serve you. Mm. And has that gotten easier over time with, with practice or is some aspect of this kind of still uh, difficult or? Oh, um, there are days that it's difficult, but for the most part, I, I can actually get in a store um, pretty, pretty easy now compared to, I mean, I used to get, I used to have to, you know, vomit and all kinds of stuff getting into a store. I would, I would literally have a full fledged um, anxiety or panic attack. Um, I've had, you know, people like help escort me out. I've, you know, so yeah, now I, I can get in there pretty much, you know, safely and get what I need to get. And, you know, I'm a guy, so I have, I have things on my list. I go get them and I, I'm not a shopper. I don't walk around and look at everything and touch everything. Mm. I get in, I get out and I can do it now pretty, pretty good. I'm, I've come a long way. That's for sure. <laughs> cool. cool. So, and, and you, you own your own store. Um, yeah, I have a, a small thrift store. Yep. Um, and this, that's the, this is probably the, the most fun that I've had in a long time because the, my stores, it's, I'm in a very unique situation where I don't take money from my store. All the money that I make, I, I donate back to the homeless, to veterans. Mm -hmm. um, so I buy socks. Um, I collect blankets and hats and everything, you know, and basically for the most part, like if I get it for free, I, I give it to someone in need for free. So uh, I keep the prices very, very low so that those who are in need can just come in. They can get something really nice for a very reasonable price and they don't have to, you know, worry about their kids literally eating on the floor. Mm. I'd gotten a, um, I heard a story from a, from a, a friend whose friends were eating on the floor and I said, come on in, let's, let's get them a table and chairs. And, you know, so it's very, it's, it's awesome to be able to, to do that kind of stuff because I'm a firm believer in that one good turn begets another one. So when they're in a position, they, they will help somebody that is in need. So. Cool. So I, I love, so the whole, the buddying up is coming through in your personal relationships in, in what you put out to the world and in how you run this business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Cool. It's pretty fun. It's actually, it's very fun. Right. I just wanted to call up the, the store cause it's, it's, it seems uh, such like a, a self-induced challenge for someone that I don't like going to stores. Oh, I own a store and I spend most of my days in my store. It's just, well, this is the funny thing is, is I can control, I can control the, the vibe in here, the energy. So like when you walk in my store, it's got a very old school feel. I play oldies all day long and who doesn't like oldies? You hear oldies and you want to dance, right? Um, you know, and I've got very unique things. So people will come in and, on average, they'll spend about 20 or 25 minutes just walking around in my little store. Um, but it's never like a dozen people. It's, you know, two or three people max at, at one time. So um, it, it's helped me and allowed me to get back into the community in a controlled environment where I, I don't feel stressed and I don't get anxious. And, you know, I'm not running to the bathroom every five minutes kind of idea, you know? So it's, it's, it's exciting to be here. So I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. Oh, cool. Well, let, let's, let's go all the way. Let, give a shout out. What, what's the name? Where are you? <laughs> it's uh it's called South main cash and carry. It's here in Concord, New Hampshire. Um, it's South main street. Um, you, I'm next to strings and things, which has been here for years. So, but right now I'm doing a thing where if anybody is financially struggling, if you want to come in, all of my stuffed animals are free. All of my beanie babies are free. Um, all of the kids' toys are free. Um, so, and some stuff I still literally, they're brand new. They're in packages because people donate to me to help my cause. So, um, as well as, you know, I give away blankets and socks and hats and mittens and gloves to the homeless and stuff. So, wow. So, yeah. That's I have never like I've you know I've seen the Salvation Army and Goodwill stores. I have never come across a, a private person running a, a nonprofit store like yeah. like this. So cool. Yeah, it's just I um a lot of people need help, and and when I needed help, 
um, I was very fortunate and very lucky to have people help me. So again, it's just, it's about buddying up. It's just about helping the, those that, that need it, you know? Cool. So as, as you had your own experiences of and, and willingness to receive from others and, and felt how good it, it helped you be, being supported. Absolutely. It's, it's allowed you to, again, now go forward and, and do that for others. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. And, all right. And if you had stayed just this uh, closed-minded jarhead, you, yep. would never, you, would never, you never would have dared receive help, and now you wouldn't be helping others. I probably wouldn't be on this earth. Yeah. So if, if, I, if I didn't receive the help, if I didn't um, hit rock bottom, as they say, yeah. So. Cool. Well, I, I'm glad you hit bottom, and Me it was too. a bottom that you could get off of. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Yeah. Cool. Um, when, when people visit your store, are they aware of the, 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 way that you operate? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very open here. Like, right. um, w when it comes to the prices and stuff, people love to haggle, you know, people love to, to barter and dicker and trade and, you know, so that's the fun of it. But, um, you know, if they don't, if they don't know, like how, how I operate, I usually try to explain to them, like, you know, if, if you can't handle $40 for this kitchen table, like you know, we can work something out, you know, so, but, um, I try to keep myself again out of the limelight per se, and just really try to focus on the good parts of it, the helping the people in, you know, not getting the pats on the back. I, I, I try not to, I don't know. I, I feel weird when, when people, you know, praise me or, or, cause I don't, I don't think it's a, a lot to, to just be a kind person, to, to be a caring person. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not a lot, but it's it's unique. So I think that's it. So it's, yeah. again, and I'll go back to a comment I made earlier. Like, I would love you to recognize that you're not simple. You're not the typical guy. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's some part of you that doesn't, I, you know, I don't want to admit that I, you know, buddy is special. <laughs> and, and, you know. Oh, I mean, I think we're all special, but I, I refer to simple as just being like, I don't live an extravagant life. You know, I, I live very simple. Um, I don't, you know, do the whole, like my pictures are, are raw. My videos are unedited. Like, I, I don't believe, you know, I don't try to hide my mistakes, if you will, in what I'm creating um, in, and I try to be as, as genuine as, as possible. And I, I can, I think the people that, that put on a facade, I think that makes it difficult. Whereas I try to be more um, open and that makes it simple, you know? Yeah. So. Cool. I gotcha. Um, you know, talking about not, not receiving the, the, the pats on the back as well. When we spoke before the show uh, about you being on, uh, you closed off with, with a, a comment Put, put to me that I'm like, it took me by surprise. I, I had no response. I don't even know if you realized that because we were really just ending, but I, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we were saying, you know, we were saying goodbye and we'll talk to you soon. And you said, I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, I, I felt like a deer in headlights. I'm like, I, uh, and I just said, all right, bye. And I closed down zoom. We're like, that was so weird. And I, I, I paused and rela relaxed and like received it after the fact, but I was trying to like, what, what was that about? And it, it was just because, you know, we're so used, or I should, I'm so used to automatic things like, well, goodbye, see you later. Hey, how you doing? Thank you. Please. Good night. Uh, and I appreciate you. Like, oh, well, th this requires me to like think and, <laughs> and receive that and have some different response than, yeah, you too, man. Like, wait. And, and I, so I just wondered if you noticed that or did I like get I, out of it quick enough? <laughs> I, I get that same response all the time. I actually did a social experiment. Um, I think I posted it on YouTube and everything else where I, I've, I go around and I just, I change verbiage just to see how people will react. And I appreciate you is one of the things that I say now because people really do believe you in, when you say I appreciate you versus uh, the typical common thank you or whatever. Um, I, I said at one time at Market Basket and then directly behind me, the person directly behind me said it to the cashier too after. And I just, I just smiled. I was like, this is so cool. Like I threw something out there and it literally stuck in someone else's head. Um, and then, you know, I go to the same Dunkin' Donuts by my store every single day. And of course they know my coffee, they know my sandwich and all that other stuff. But 
they all say it now. Everybody, they all say, I, I appreciate you to, to customers. It's just, it's just funny. Like, um, it, and it literally takes something that small, something that minute to literally change the way somebody thinks or feels for the rest of that day. Mm. And I think that's important. I think it's important to do that for people. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a verbiage exercise I play with when I, when I teach classes or speak as well. And it's around, you know, I ask like, well, wh when someone says, thank you, what do you say? And these days a lot of people are like, no problem. Or, yeah. or if, you're, if you're well trained, you say you're welcome. Right. Yeah. So I was going to, to make people think to when someone says thank you to you say, oh, my pleasure. Right. And that makes what? And it makes a person kind of if see if first you notice, are they listening to anything you say? But then just my pleasure spices up enough to really, oh, and it, it's often conversations come out of it. Or again, you realize that people are just unconscious and not listening anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can fool them and say, when they say thank you, say no, thank you. Hmm. And then their jaw drops like, what are you talking about? What, <laughs> me? Thank me? <laughs> yeah. What did I do? What? what I, yeah. <laughs> yep. So cool. it's, it's fun. Like it's, it's very fun to see how something so simple can change a mindset. Um, and it just starts like a little fire, like in, in somebody. So, yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Um, you know, so often people say, hey, how are you doing? And they, they don't really mean it. They're not asking. Right. It's just passing you by. So, um, this came from a positive psychology professor I had, like, how are you doing? Really? And, oh, like that, that pause that actually like, oh, you really? Oh, okay. And right. uh, yeah. And, and again, just communicate to someone that, no, I'm not just ignoring you like, like dust in the wind. I'm like, hey, I want to know, how are you? you know? Because people generally, they're too busy to really be concerned about how someone's really doing. Mm. You know, I, and, I, and I, I, I do the same thing sometimes. I'll be like, how are you doing today? Oh, good. You, no, really. Like, how are you doing today? Oh. <laughs> so yeah. that just changes the whole conversation. So then my store becomes like a a group session or a therapy session and people are sitting on the couches and we're all sitting around crying and sharing stories and, and, you know, becoming better versions of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to put that on a store name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I recently, I, I had, I had asked uh, a friend of mine how they were doing and they told me uh, all sorts of story like days and weeks before. I was like, well, that's nice, but how are you doing? Is not, I didn't say, you know, tell me all the things that went wrong the last week. Right. How are you doing? And like, oh, and yeah, we're, we can all be a society almost like just addicted to drama and to story. Yes. And, and unless it's pointed out, just like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Why do I keep telling that? Or I don't like how I feel. Why is that? Why am I sharing the thing I don't like when everyone asks how I'm doing? As opposed to saying, you know, oh, I just got to haggle a kitchen table down to 10 bucks at this great store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So where would you like to see Buddy Your Buddy and, and Budding Up? Where, what, what's your kind of dream for, for where this goes, your, your website, your movement, your cause? Um, honestly, I would, just, I would just like it to become just a, uh, like a household term, if you will, or a household philosophy, like – um, where people are not asked to hold doors for people or expect, you know, asked to say please or thank you, you know, some, just some of the simple things that, that, um, that make life enjoyable, you know, uh, I just, I want to speak. I want to, I want to travel and just speak to as many people as I can, whether it be about my mental health issue and in my story with that and encouraging others to, to be able to move forward and, and, and live a, a healthier, happier life. And at the same time, you know, encouraging people to just buddy up, just, just to be some, be there for people. Mm. Um, and, and just to, so you can, you can buddy up strangers. Does does it mean you're truly have some lifelong relationship as your best friend is, or it's more like treat everyone like they're your best friend, perhaps. Exactly. I, I did another social experiment. Um, Cause in my town we have, we have a, we have a lot of homeless people and, of, you know, they're looked down upon and they are shunned and, you know, they're judged. And, uh, and I happen to know lots of them. They actually look out for me. They're great people. But I did an experiment one day where I would stand next to or walk by a homeless person. I would say hello to them and their faces would drop. They, they couldn't believe like I was acknowledging them or asking them how they're doing. Um, and then, you know, I would 
pay mind to how people looked at me because I was talking to, you know, someone who was less fortunate than myself. And I, and I realized like, you know, if, if all we do is we show a little compassion and a little understanding and you don't have to know the person to be a decent human being, mm. we, we can literally change the world. We can literally change the, the way we live. And, and I think that brings peace to, to everybody. So Cool. Yeah. Let, let, let's keep that infection of kindness and peace <laughs> flowing exactly. through everybody. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what's the best way people can, can see all your social experiments and, and learn more? Um, well, I'm all over the place, but basically the easiest way to find me is um, buddy, your buddy.com. It's all one word. Um, all my social media is up there. Um, I blog a little bit. I write a day to day here and there. Um, I'm trying to keep up with it. It's just learning the whole website thing and, you know, trying to maneuver through that. It's for me, it's, it's a circus. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, so, but my Instagram does very well. People seem to like that the best, uh, the short videos, some of the pictures, my day to day goofiness, if you will. Um, so yeah, but buddyyourbuddy.com is probably the easiest way. Cool. Awesome. And, and is there a site for your store as well? Um, I do have a Facebook page and I do have a .com. The .com, I just basically keep up for hours and phone number and stuff. Facebook, I usually tend to post pictures of incoming stuff or sales or, you know, if I'm looking for more blankets to donate, you know, that kind of thing. So, cool. yep. Cool. So do you have, uh, are there any kind of planned social experiments uh, you can give us a little tease on that you've got up your sleeve? Um, actually I do. So it's, it's going to entail, I'm, I have a thing where I'm, uh, how do I say this without giving it away? <laughs> um, I guess not a lot of people will be in the Concord area, but I, I want to just randomly go up and, and shake people's hands. And I have an issue with shaking hands. So it's an experiment for myself too. So, but just to randomly shake people's hands and say, you know, I wish you a good day, or I wish you well today, or something to those lines. And I just want to see how people react. If they embrace it, if they fear it, if they like get away from me, don't touch me kind of thing. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it goes. So, And it, when, when you do that, or things like it, are you walking around with a camera documenting it, or you just do it and then write about your experience? How, how does that um, work? I've done it both ways, but most of the time I just, I just document it. I'll just, I, I keep a notebook, I, my notepad right there. I just write down, you know, if it was a good experience or a bad experience, or if there's something special about it, I would write it down. Um, so then I can use it in whatever I write or talk about. So, cool. but yeah, I just put people on the spot and see how they react because people aren't used to random acts of kindness, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, People are like, what are you trying to sell me? Or you know, what, what's, what's the catch here or something and, and like that's that? That's what I think is going to happen is most people are going to be like, you know, I'm like some religion or I'm, you know, a, a vacuum salesman or, you know, whatever. So it'll be pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, so many of us, yeah, if someone's kind to you, you know, oh, there's got to be some ulterior motive here. Yeah. Yes. Because that's, so. that's how we think nowadays. Yeah. And, and again, that, that uh, we're taught that somehow, like, I, I can't think of anyone who, I don't recall my parents were saying, never trust someone who's kind to you, but, but right. somehow we got it from somewhere. Yeah. It, I don't know where, I don't know where the turning point was with me either. Cause I was the same way for, for a while. Like, you know, don't trust anyone who's too kind to you. You know, why not? That's silly, you know, but we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Right. Yeah. You know, this is reminding me of, of something, and I'm going to share this so that I make myself do it. Um, Wayne Dyer used to have, uh, talk about a favorite thing he would do for his birthday would be take out cash from the bank and, just, and give out money to homeless people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I want to be in a position to do that. That sounds, I would love to do that. And he was, you know, he would take out like $1,000 and, you know, give out 20s to people for like all yeah. afternoon. And I'm like, oh, but uh so uh, to, to honor you, to mirror your good work back, to, to, to buddy up, I'm going to commit that I'm, I'm going to take out a few hundred dollars and go into Boston and, and just give like 10 and $20 to, just to, to people that look like they need it. And I appreciate you. That's cool. So, all right. Yeah. 
No, and Wayne Dyer is like one of my favorite. I consider yeah. him like my my mentor, my whatever teacher. I, I read a lot about of him. So yeah, yeah. I used to uh, when I first started going to personal growth events and and meditating and uh, honoring that I was called to to share my story like like you're doing because because yeah. it helps people and it helps me. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I, I would do meditations and they, it, was, it was called like a future self meditation and see yourself in a few years. And I was like, why well, always see Wayne Dyer on stage? It's like really weird. Then I find, it took me, you know, multiple times to realize, oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm seeing me on stage. That's, it's not, it wasn't Wayne Dyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's always, fun. he's always felt like a, a, a spiritual father to me uh, yep. in many respects. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've, um, I've really, plunged into into his work into his writings and and stuff so I, I i take a lot from it and i actually it resonates with me so it means something you know it's not just reading a a you know book that in my opinion like some books i just find waste my time you know i don't get anything from it i'm not one to read to lose my mind and go on a, a an adventure i want to read so that i can learn and experience you know so yeah. right get something cool. yeah it's, it's not work you just read to to pass the hours away it's impactful somehow exactly yep cool awesome well uh wherever you're finding this if it's on the good men project if it's on real men feel if it's if it's later on facebook we'll put links to uh buddy your buddy um uh, and all of buddy's social media places and certainly if you're in concord new hampshire visit the store um <laughs> yes please you know, yeah uh, visit sit on the couch cry <laughs> make some donations you know i always tell my customers you don't have to come here to come here to buy anything you can come here just to chat and it'll be just as fun so awesome awesome um is there any last thing that you, that you want to share with people any last last buddying up message uh just remember that we're all in this together you know we all come from this same place whatever you want to call it and that um you know by being kind to others you're you're being kind to you so awesome well uh I want to thank everyone for, for listening, joining us. I want to thank you, buddy, for, for sharing your, huh, your past, your present, and your future. <laughs> like that. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, again, wherever you are catching this, uh, give us a like, give us a share, a review. Um, let us know what you want to hear about on, on future shows. And uh, above all, be good to yourself. Thanks, everyone. Nice. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.